what is real will prosper. Mm-hmm. What you feel in the night, what you feel in the morning, what you feel midday, that you don't think other people have the same thoughts. You feel alone in this thought, but other people have the same thoughts. And it breeds, and when you, when you display this thought, it breeds a certain amount of comfort. I know how it feels to be alone. I know how it feels to be around people and feel alone. Like, I'll be around a million people and I'll like still feel alone. Like, even sometimes like, all right, like I'll go out even with my own friends, like my previous friends and I just would feel alone. And I just, like, you know, I'm in a position now where I was friends with a lot of people and I kind of felt abandoned. I've seen people choose material items over me. I've cho- seen people choose status quo over me. Right. It makes me feel horrible. And it takes my very soul out of me. He breaks my fucking heart. It just sucks when it gets to a point to where there's no way to, to change what happened. It just sucks when it gets to the point to where you can't do anything. side of the house to record this um because of the subject matter and I just don't want anyone to hear what I'm talking about but yeah I just I I know it's been a while since I gotten a recording out and there's been a lot on my mind and I wanted to update you guys and just there's a lot of of shit that I I just want to get off my chest and I I want to let you all know um it just yeah it's it's fucking crazy uh fuck dude I I don't know man I've just been stuck in my own thoughts for weeks now and I've been doing this little thing um I'm sure a lot of people who have tried to reach out have noticed it's a uh, it's extreme self-isolation and just not being online as as much as possible I'm just like I have put my phone down and I don't pick it up for shit I turn it on silent and I don't like it's fucking crazy I'm like the most anti-social motherfucker right now and a lot of people may be wondering like why the fuck like you used to be like so outgoing and so cool what the fuck happened to you unk and um you know i to be honest i don't know uh i i guess there is a series of events that happened and it just led me to to where i am now and i'm i'm definitely gonna admit that i have not made the best decisions in coping or reacting to things happening around me or in my life. And, um, 
And I mean, it's obvious. Like everyone, I know that everybody knows that I'm, I'm coming clean. Like, yeah, I self isolate. I don't. I totally antisocial right now. I'm not. I mean, I'm. I'm not. And uh, I mean, other than that, it's not anything crazy. But it's like to. I guess in in a, in a sense, what I'm doing is 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 not as much crazy as, as it is totally unhealthy and not good for, or, or not, you know, it's not good for my recovery. It's not good for my, my mental health. You know, it's, it's just stupid. Like I, I, I know I shouldn't be doing that. Um, you know, fuck, <laughs> this is hard. I'm not in my studio. It's really weird. And, and just, I don't know, bringing all this shit up, it's, I've been avoiding it because I don't want to put myself in a vulnerable place, you know, I just kind of want to take, I mean, and that's not healthy either, I want, I I guess I want to avoid exposing certain aspects of my life um, because I'm ashamed or I'm embarrassed, so... I thought, you know what? Fuck. I I just got to just bring it up, talk about it, get it off my chest, and I'll tell a story at the end. Um you know, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I've been I've had I've been dealing with some pretty bad depression lately. Like I would say it's probably some of the worst depression I've ever had. Um, and at first, I I was like, I need a break or, or this or that. And it's kind of evolved into just getting worse and worse because all I have are my own thoughts. And I haven't been reaching out to that many people or anybody, for that matter. I've just been spending time with my family. And I thought, you know, I got to deal with my health issues and I have to... Uh, spend time with my family, and it's proven to, you know, compound on on it, on itself, and it's become worse and worse until I notice my depression. I mean, and depression for me, like, look, I'm used to I'm used to that. So, it, it like at first, yeah, it wasn't a big deal until it got to the point where my depression got to the point where it even it concerned me, like my own thoughts were manifesting and, and um, I was letting them build on each other. And I was, it, 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 I don't know. It just got to the point where I was like, fuck, this is kind of scary. You know, I, I've, I've had depression. I've been in really dark places before. Um, maybe, I mean, I'm sure maybe some of you have can relate, but it got to the point where I was like, this is bad. Like if I keep going down this route, it's, going to it's going to take the form into or it's going to take the next step it's going to evolve into something way more unhealthy way more self-destructive and uh, I'll 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 make an action or a choice that's that's not good you know I don't want to relapse because I I know what that's going to do and with everything going on, I need to be there for a lot, you know, a lot of people. 
and I need to be strong for people. And I don't know. It, it's it, like, I'm sorry to vent like this to all of you. You probably are like, what? Well, I came for the stories, you know? But I just have to, like, a lot of people should know, like, why I've just been gone, not releasing episodes, not answering emails, not doing shit. It's just like, yeah, I'm in a really bad depression. And it's not like, I mean, for me, this dep- the depression I'm feeling now is very much situ- uh, situational. It's not like for no reason I'm depressed. It's like, yeah, a series of events and then more events and more events. And it's like, just happened one after the other. And before I had a chance to process or, or deal with it, um, before I could even get, before I was letting it done, like affect me or wash over me, like, yeah, some other crazy shit happened and it, you know, it made me more depressed. And it was just like a wave after wave just kept hitting me in the face. And, knocking me down until I was just like, fuck, I'm just going to lay down because if I get back up, it's like, who knows, something else is going to happen and just fucking, just fucking hit me in the, in the face again. Like, I I don't know. Um, so, yeah, dude, I don't know. Uh, 2020 has been pretty crazy and it's fucked because, you know, Christmas is coming up and we're, we're all going to, you know, be celebrating hopefully and or at least you know it's uh, something to be look forward to it's like yeah it's the last month of 2020 you know ooh it's such a shitty year like we're almost done it's like um, for me it's the the way my pessimistic ass is feeling right now is what if it's not over after 2020 what if all this crazy shit happening is just the beginning and then 2021 is gonna be even fucking crazier who I shouldn't have that attitude. I should be optimistic and hope for the best. And I should be doing all this stuff. And now, and hopefully once I get all this off my chest, um, you know, I can work at bettering myself and reaching out to people. And, and that's what I'm going to do. But one thing I, I mean, while I'm getting into all this, the one thing I want to say to everybody is, you know, anyone who's reached out and um, tried to message me or did message me on any of the social media or anything. And I, you know, I haven't been answering anything and I'm, I just want to say, I'm really fucking sorry. Um, That, that really wasn't cool of me. I'm a, I feel like I really feel like a fucking asshole for just being a piece of shit like that, you know? Um, but I don't know. I'm I I'm I'm a shithead. I'm sorry. I really really am fucking sorry. I'm I I've I make mistakes from time to time, and this is one of them. And I'm I'm ashamed. I'm. It's like yeah, I am ashamed. I feel bad. I feel sh- shitty about it. You know. So this is basically some of the, some of the things that is kind of led me to be in the mood I am right now. It's, um, you know, uh, I, I guess out of, you know, out of every, any, out of any year of my entire life, this year I've experienced, um, the loss of more friends passing away than any other year in my entire life. Uh, 
you know, all kinds of, pe- of people. Uh, you know, people in town, especially a lot of people uh, overdosed, relapsed and overdosed, and I, I heard about it at, in rehab, and, you know, and in rehab I at least had um, this crazy distraction because it's like, yeah, from like, 6, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's recovery all day. And then from 4 p.m. till I go to bed, I'm surrounded by a shit ton of people. I was surrounded like by 50 people or more. So I always had people to be around to talk to and process. And, you know, the um, the counselors there and my sponsor, I always had someone to talk to and process and get out of my own head. But lately I just... I mean, I have my parents, and I, I can op- I can open up to them about some things, and and I try to open up to them about a lot of things, and um, I'd say the only difference is they're not really trained to handle my baggage, and they do, and, and they're my parents. They I don't want to scare them with with things I say, you know. So, I mean, I think I think the first thing that has um, fucked with me. It's been my health, you know, having to go into surgery and then get out all that crazy shit. And now, and then, you know, having to move out of my apartment and that, I guess, being asked to move out went, and for no reason, why, like why, I I didn't relapse, I'm clean, you know, it's, that kind of was... I don't know. I I wouldn't say I I took a resentment towards it, but I was kind of just hurt that I was asked to leave because I'm getting out of the hospital and I'm prescribed pain medication because I was in surgery. I guess from my perception of it, their standpoint was, oh, he's getting prescribed getting prescribed pain meds, I don't feel comfortable with him being at the house. So I, I, you know, if you've heard the last episode, I was like, yeah, fine, I'll go fucking detox off these stupid fucking pain pills that they gave me at, at my, up north, you know? And I did. Fucking tapered right off and cut cold turkey. And during which I, I didn't, I did the stupid shit I'm doing now. I didn't message people. I wasn't communicating with anyone and they're in their head they probably thought oh well he's probably getting strung out so he's got to move out in reality I was off those pain pills and clean and um, the reason I think that is because upon them like emailing me and um, and asking me to leave is like dude I'm I told them hey you know I detoxed off these Dilaudid's and I'm sober. I've detoxed off like the first week. And they're like, oh, well, you know, my one of my roommates said, well, if I had known that, uh, I, this would be completely different. But the decision has been made. He, he I guess, didn't want to take it back or something. I don't know. So I guess that's a fear of abandonment, fear of rejection. I don't know. I just... Uh, I, it hurts my feelers when, you know, you're friends with someone and then all of a sudden this happens. And, uh, I mean, it's just as much my fault because of the way I reacted and 
we don't really talk anymore, you know? Um, and that's my fault, and that sucks. So, but I was able to deal with it, and I was just, just dealing with my shit, you know? I was just like, oh, I got to gear up for this next surgery, and, and blah, blah, blah. And during which, you know, people around in, that were friends of mine and in my life that, that I very much cared for and that I spent many of the times talking to and opening up to and, and this and that and felt comfortable opening up to, they're gone. And that ugh, it fucking hurts, dude. Like, I don't... Um, I don't just fucking open up, like, in person to just anybody, you know? I have to, like, build trust with them. And once I feel comfortable doing so and knowing that they won't, like, use, like, things I say about myself against me because, you know, that's happened in the past, uh, then I feel like I can trust them. And it's like I don't do that for just anybody. And... The people that I have done that and the people who have gone out of their way to help me when I was at my worst, they're fucking dead. And that fucking, it just breaks my fucking heart. And um, so one of my, someone I know, I mean, a a lot of people, fuck, I, I lost count how many people have died. But recently there's been like three or four, I, I, or five people that have died in the past few weeks. It's just like, fuck, dude. Like, what the fuck is going on? This is fucking crazy. Why are this many people dying? I was used to, on average, three people a year dying. And it was always around, like, after Halloween through Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, around three people. Three people would die a year, and I'd prepare for it. But this year, it was just all year. This this person died. That person died. And it's just like, fuck, dude. And, um, lately I just haven't been able to, to deal with it on an emotional level. I would just bury it deep inside my soul. And I wouldn't, I, it's not that I wouldn't, it's I couldn't like, I could not, uh, acknowledge it because if I did, it was just like all this crazy emotional shit would come up in me. Um, and and it was fucking hard. Um. So I just want to say hey to uh, my friend Patrick who passed away. He, uh, you know, he he was from, you know, I want to shout him out. He was, you know, he's my friend from Switzerland. He came on a long, like a, like a year or more than a year ago. He was on the podcast. He was, he was talking about the heroin maintenance program in Switzerland and, um, we would talk back and forth all the time when I was strung out and constantly relapsing. And, um, you know, it, there, there's some crazy memories between me and him, you know, like, f- fuck. I remember, um, we, we were, we'd talk on the phone a lot and this was during a time when it, it was when I was podcasting, but fuck, I was, yeah, I was st- I was strung the fuck out and I'd go and hit up people and we'd go on runs and steal shit and trade it for fucking, you know, points of fucking tar. And, uh, at this one time I was, I I knew this, I told the story on the podcast before, but I knew this, this kid, this guy, and he's like my age, but he looks like he's twice my age. He looks like, he looks like he's 65 or something. He's just a wreck. 
you just take one look at him, you're like, fuck. And uh, he would hit me up and be like, hey, pick me up and give me a ride here and there. And, you know, we'll go trade it for a dope and I'll kick you down some heroin. And I was just, I would always be, all right, okay, fucking, I don't have to be sick. Let's do it. And I was giving him a ride up to Los, this town called Los Osos. A lot of, it's like a quiet old beach town. And, um, and uh, he lives with his parents, I guess. And we're going up there and we're driving up this road from San Luis Obispo to Los Osos. And he's like, hey, stop at this Home Depot, you know. Uh, I got to go return something. And I honestly, like my stupid ass, thought nothing of it. So I, <laughs> we go to the Home Depot and I park in the parking lot. And he's like, all right, I'll be right back. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to just wait in my car. I don't want to go in there. So I'm in there and uh, Patrick hits me up on my phone and, and uh, he's messaging me and he's like, how are you doing, man? And I'm like, you know, I was like, honestly, I'm not doing that good. I was like, life sucks right now. It's pretty shitty and I hate myself or something, you know, something like that. And he's like, you, you want me to call you, you know, and we can talk, talk some shit out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And so we're talking on the phone. I mean, mind you, he's from fucking Switzerland. So it was like he did like a, a Facebook messenger call because it's like not long distance, I guess, that way. And, um, you know, during which I'm on the phone talking to him in my car. I look up from my car and he, this dude who I'm giving him the ride to, he's running it through the parking lot to my car with two giant boxes in under each arm. They're probably like giant power tools, like, you know, power drills or power saws or whatever, something you can get money out of. They're heavy too. I was like, so I was actually surprised he could carry that shit. And, um, uh, I was just like, he, and, and security's chasing him by the way, mind you. And I was just like, what the fuck, you know? And so, he uh, gets in my car. I was like, and I'm still on the phone with Patrick. And he's like, go, 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 go. We got to go. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I, and I put two, two and two together. And he uh, obviously stole that shit. Why else is security, two security guards from Home Depot chasing him. And so we, I, I start the car and I leave. And I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And he tried to give me some bullshit excuse like if I – he's like, oh, if I didn't tell you, then uh, the cops can't bust you because you didn't know what was going on. And I was just thinking like you're an idiot because obviously the cops – even if I did – we did spin that story to the cops and even if it was true like because I really didn't know at that – I mean we've, I, we've stolen things before, yes, but that was like – much later, once I found out, like, oh, okay, I guess we're boosting now. Um, I was just like, what the fuck? They would, even if I, even if that's true and we did tell the cops, they're not going to believe me. They're going to think I was the getaway driver and they're going to bust my ass. So I'm driving away, yeah, like super pissed at this guy, like, what the fuck? Yelling at him and still trying to talk to Patrick on the phone. It was fucking insane. And um, basically, yeah, he fucked. I dropped him off and got some, some like a couple, maybe a point or three, maybe at the most, maybe three points, maybe two points of fucking tar. I don't know. You know, that's how it, that's how it fucking goes when you're strung out. But uh, yeah, I, I ended, uh, uh, ended up having him on the podcast. We talked back and forth 
for, I don't know, like hours. Because, yeah, I was high when I was fucking doing a phone interview with him for the podcast. And and I keep my shit together, but still, uh, it was fucking crazy. And so it was super long. And uh, we did it, uh, it was either through Skype or Discord or something. So the quality's probably not the best, you know, might have not had the best reception. I mean, it's halfway around the world. Uh, but we recorded it, and he, he, he talks about the heroin mate. The heroin maintenance program, what it's like in Switzerland and the flaws of it and tells some crazy fucking stories that like pretty fucking crazy stories um, that I'm embarrassed of, you know, but he wanted those stories out. So we re- we end up doing the recording and towards the end of the, the recording or the phone interview for of him being on the podcast, he uh I'm texting people, right? And I'm like trying to get, I'm like, who's got heroin? I, I want to come over and get heroin. <laughs> trying to set something up because this is done. I got to go do the next thing. I got to go get some more heroin before I get sick. And uh, we were talking, like with the recordings done, but we're still talking on the phone. So I, I disconnect everything and I'm on the phone with him. He will not get off the phone with me. He keeps like talking to me about stuff. He's like passionate about all this stuff. And he wants to start a podcast with someone else, and we're talking about that. And um, I'm on the phone, but I'm in—I get in my car because I got a uh, text, and they're like, "Yeah, come, come over." So while I'm driving away from my studio and the, you know my car or my house or whatever, uh, away from all my podcast equipment where we just recorded, I'm now in the car with him on the phone, and he's still talking. And I'm like, "All right, I got to go, Patrick." And uh, and then I ended up going over to my friend's house, and uh, I think I tell a story there. I think I smoked way too much weed or something, and I uh, I was I had been up for days because I was also, you know, tweaking um, or doing goofballs or fuck knows, you know. And I some guy was at my friend's house who had the heroin, and uh, he he's like he knew I w- worked for all these dispensaries, and he was him and his family were growing weed and running a dispensary. So they're showing off all this weed to me and he keeps smoking. me. Try this weed, try that weed. (laughs) Mind you, I've not been up. I've not smoked any weed because you know, when you're, when you're strung out and you've been up for days, you smoke weed, you're going to pass the fuck out. And I take a dab and it fucks me up so bad. I can't even stand. So then I crash on the couch and I'm like, it got tunnel vision and I, I, I can hear them talking in the background, but the, it's like they're in another world. And for some reason, my delusional paranoid ass thought they were like plotting to kill me or something because the weed fucked me up too much or something. So I'm like crying and the, <laughs> it was fucked. And they eventually were like, yeah, you got to go. And then I leave and I, the, all this other crazy shit happens. I, I'm dry. I'm driving home. at like, two, three in the morning and, um, you know, fucking, I think the co- there's like headlights behind me and I'm paranoid. I'm like, there's cops out here somewhere there. And if they see me, I'm fucked. So I like, I pull into a, a cul-de-sac or something and I park and I'm like hiding and like really low. And I like, I puke into like my cup holder in the center console <laughs> and I like hide there for another half hour. <laughs> and I think people are staring at me through, the, through their house windows and shit. I'm just like, 
way, way wigged out psychosis like a motherfucker. And uh, I eventually drive home and, you know, I pull I pull in and I, I walk towards the house and my my dad had, you know, heard me drive up and he goes downstairs and opens the door. He's like, where the fuck have you been? You said you'd be a half hour. I was like, I'm just like, whatever, I'm here now, and I fucking crash. But, you know, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was one yeah, fucking crazy shit, dude. I can't believe I ran a podcast while all this fuck shit was happening. Um, but, yeah, he, while I was in rehab, um, doing, you know, releasing episodes, trying to on my weekend passes and stuff, uh, I, or by the time I'd finally gotten internet access or was able to go to a computer lab and use their internet, he would be messaging me and I, I talk with him here and there, you know, it's kind of limited because when you're in rehab, they don't give you m- much access to like the outside world. And he'd always be like, dude, when are you going to release that, uh, episode with that I went, was on? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll do it soon. I, I got all these other ones I got to edit and this and that. And, uh, you know, no, you know, knowing me, the fucking dumb asshole who procrastinates, I never uploaded the episode. I think it was also because he he spoke two languages. He spoke English and French. French. So when he was on, he would um, he he spoke English very well, but he would he would pause and go like, uh, you know, he would say uh or um, in between every word or sentence, you know. And, you know, I do that too. So, you know, cause I listen back and edit these things. So I know it's, it's kind of hard when you're recording that it's easy to, to do that. But I, when I listen to it, I'm like, Oh, anyone listening probably doesn't want to hear someone go, uh, uh, and, um, so I, I already knew it was going to editing it and like making it sound good or making sure the content was good was going to take a lot of time. Plus it's over. It was like, it had to have been like two, three hours. So I was like, fuck, this is going to take a long time. So I have, I have, that's the reason I mainly avoided editing it to get out. And I never, it's still on my computer. I never got the fucking thing out. And, um, yeah, dude, it, I felt really now. Yeah. I feel fucking super bad about it. Cause I, found out, you know, online, I, I like, I decided one day, like, if like the other week, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, um, go on Facebook, scroll for a second. Cause I'm bored. I pick up my phone. I scroll for two seconds. I see a post. Someone had tagged him and said, yeah, he, he, he's dead. He's fucking dead, you know? And I was just like, it really fucking blew me away. And I guess he had, uh, you know, he was on the, you know, the heroin maintenance program from what the post said. He was on the heroin maintenance program in Switzerland. And then he moved to Spain and detoxed off heroin. That's from what I understood, from what I read. And um, he was kind of laying low in Spain and doing his thing. And he uh, he died, or I guess he died in his sleep. He went to sleep he, he didn't wake up. And he's fucking dead. And um, it's fucking, it makes me feel really bad. You know, it makes me feel, it, it breaks my fucking heart. You know, like we would always talk about, because he DJed also. And we talk about that. He didn't DJ the same music as me, but obviously, but we talked about 
a lot of cool shit, and I opened up to him about a lot of shit when I was going through you know, breakups or dealing with women issues or, you know, being strung out and up for days or being sad about this or that, you know. Um, yeah, and he, he's fucking gone. It's great. It was f- so that that day last week when I found out and I was just like mourning and felt so bad about it. I was just like, shit, you know what? I should edit and upload his episode because that's what he wanted, you know? It's like I should, I wish I w- would have gotten that episode out when he was alive so he could see it and, like, be happy and, you know, because he he thought highly of me in the show. Um, so I was like, all right, so I'm going to edit it and make a tribute to him and... Um, and release it, and that'll be my tribute to Patrick. It's like I, I was like, I'm not going to make this episode for anyone but him. Like, this is his episode. He wanted it. And if other people don't like it, I don't give a fuck because he wanted it, and he it's his episode, and he's fucking dead, and he was all the way over across the world. So what can I do for him all the way here? You know, in fucking this state of condition I'm in, I was like, I, he, I can't, I can't fly over there. I can't, I don't know. But yeah, so I, I was basically trying to edit the episode, and while I'm editing the episode, I get someone messages me, or I saw that someone had been trying to message me. They messaged me like six times, just like, Brian, where are you, Brian? Hello, and I was like, hello, what's going on? What's up? <laughs> I'm not dead. I'm just here ignoring literally as many f- things as I can, and people play you know, as I can because so, I'm stuck in my, you know, self misery like a fucking just lame. And um, so I'm I'm talking with my friend on Messenger, and she informs me that that my good friend um, Colleen had passed away. And that really hit me really, really uh, hard, like really fucking hard because she was like, she was one of the best people I've ever known, like ever. She was the like the nicest, most caring, most she, she empathetic or she had the most empathy or sympathy or whatever the fuck you want to say for, for other people. And she always went out of her way to help people, like always like when she had the time i mean she she was raising two daughters that um from what i understand she she had these two adopted girls that she she adopted and she's raising and she's being a good mom and she's in reco- she's been in recovery for quite a fucking while and um she always was doing the right thing like things that I was inspired by things that I was inspired to be, but like wasn't or at the time couldn't, or I don't know. I was just fucking up and doing the wrong thing and giving in temptation and, and, and just, just swimming in like, just like, yeah, just pity, you know? And uh, I remember, uh, I, um, I remember, like she, we did, she had, she talked to me a lot right before I went to rehab last year or a year ago. 
And she would always encourage me, like, you're doing the right thing and this and that. And she helped me get out of my head. And we'd talk about a lot of stuff, you know, anything, as long as it was positive and it helped me not feel so shitty. And, uh, you know, the episode um, of the podcast where I uh, is like the like the weekend before I'm going to rehab. And she left me a message. She's got a, she left a voicemail on that episode and it was fucking, it was, it was like really sincere and really heartfelt. And it, so anyone who knew Colleen, who's listening, um, you know, it's on there. She, uh, she, and I wasn't the only person that she went out of her way to help. Like she went out of her way to help so many people. And, um, so then I was just, I was like, well, editing this episode and before I could even really get a good momentum on it or get a solid start on it that I was going to finish it. I was like, I got hit with that. And then, it, you know, a lot, a lot of my other friends, online friends knew her and, um, you know, we were talking about it and they were really fucked up about it. And uh, it, it just... I guess she she had co- she had COVID, and um, hold on. Yeah, she had she had COVID, and she we were we had been talking on Messenger, and you know she had been talking about having COVID, and she had messaged me something. I didn't reply back to her. I guess I don't know. I I was still. I mean, I didn't, I really don't pick up my phone for anybody, but for for like maybe a few people. Um, who I've known and were, have been close to for, for over a year or two years or more at least. And, um, she just, I don't know. She, she mentioned she had COVID and, uh, I didn't reply to her and I feel shitty about that too. You know, it's just like, like, fuck dude. Like I had a chance to connect with her and make and try like I, I could have I could have I don't know what she was feeling or going through I could have done anything to make her feel loved you know and um, be there for her and I didn't I, I left it there and I didn't reply because I think I was just so overwhelmed with messages I was just like or I got distracted with with family and helping around the house or cooking and cleaning and shit. I was just like, so I saw that and I was just like, I guess she also passed away in her sleep and they found her not breathing and she passed away and she, she, fuck. She always did the right thing. She always did the right thing and she always went out of her way to include me in the recovery community. If you, you know, like even if it was a group of people who I didn't really know and I was just like, eh, I don't want to get that involved because I don't know those people that well or I don't know certain people that well. I don't, I don't necessarily feel comfortable opening up to them. But if you are there at like a, a Zoom meeting or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll feel like I can talk and open up and talk about shit. And she always did that. Even if I didn't like take her offer to, to like 
or her invitation to go, you know, like that. And I'm not the only person she did. She did that for for everybody, apparently, because people I talk to, a lot of people I talk to, they did that for me, too. It's like when I was at my lowest, darkest moment, she and when people were like, I'm not fucking with him. He's a liar. He lies about his drug use or whatever. Or he, you know, they were afraid to be to associate with me at all. Like a lot of people, I'm sure she said, fuck that. She would. She would talk to me and and help me feel like make me feel loved, you know, make me like she gave, she cared. She gave a shit about me. A lot of people, you know, they like at the time there was people who I, who I was really close to and we would talk really close to each other. And then once they knew I'd relapsed, dude, they would cut me out. They, they flipped the script real fast and they're like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm in recovery. I've done some shitty things, but no, you're a piece of shit for, you know, like, so I felt like, yeah, I did feel like a piece of shit. It's just like, and, um, I just, it sucks that she's gone. It more than sucks. It, it, it breaks my heart because I don't have, you know, like I don't have like that many people. I feel, I have that connection with where I can open up to about shit like that. And, and she was one of those people. And it's like, I don't know if I will ever f- have that kind of friendship with another person that I can get that close to. But she went out of her way enough times and was it was warm and caring, you know, and um, to where I, I felt that. And a lot of people, they're just – it's like most people, they're like, you have to put out the effort too, <laughs> you know, to be like – for a back and forth kind of conversation or friendship or something like, but she was just like, she just went, even if I didn't, even if I was like not, you know, quiet and not talkative, she was still go out of her way, you know? And, uh, fuck, I'm just really glad I knew her, you know, it's really fucked up. And so I've been mourning all, all these people and there's other friends of mine, that I haven't seen in over well over a year, year and a half, maybe two years. And, you know, we were friends on Facebook and, you know, I'd get out of drug court, relapse and disappear and, you know, relapse, go to fucking rehab and disappear. And everyone's like, where the fuck was he been? And I get back and I'm clean and, or I get, I come home for a week and pass and then find out so-and-so's dead or find out from someone in rehab who was from up, North and cent, cent, like the Central Coast or the five cities, and they're like, "Oh, did you hear? So and so's dead." And it's just like I, it's just like constantly hear about people dying, and not only they're dead, but I, it's just like we lost. I lost contact with them for quite a while because I'm working on myself, trying to get clean at the time, and it, it sucks because I, I at least that's the way I feel. I feel horrible because I feel like shit, there's all this time that, you know, we, we grew apart. We drifted away from each other and now they're dead. It's like, I could have caught up with them or this or that. I don't know. And so, um, you know, while all this shit's going on, I I was dealing, I've, I've been dealing with my health and yeah, there's just, there's just been issues with my health where I try to push, I try to, I don't know. There's, 
yeah, there's just been issues with my health where I try to push myself and or push myself to the the productivity that I that I'm accustomed to with myself and it seems like every time I've tried to do that something has has gone in the way where it's like okay now uh, I need another blood transfusion or I need to go to the hospital to get monitored for this or that and um I I don't really want to get into the the super fine details of that but there's just been times where that's been been really hard and and I've just been trying to I guess um deal with that to the best of my ability um and some things have happened here and there that I probably in the past would just come out and be very open with all this crazy shit happening in my life and recently it's not been so much crazy as compared to things that have happened in my life before but just things I I I don't necessarily feel as comfortable with opening up at for or about and um I don't know it's it's very it's just very different I think with things that have happened recently with with my health it's it's definitely changed um my thoughts of putting myself out there for for the world to consume if they so choose to uh <clears throat> yeah it is it's just been very difficult to talk about um and I don't, I don't know. It, it, fuck. It's, it's weird, you guys. Um, and and this next part is probably the the one thing that that took me over the top and kind of just uh, paralyzed me um, from from pretty much anything is is you know f- hearing from my mom that my my father's showing. Uh, the beginning signs of, of dementia, which which I I have the most difficulty talking about because I I don't bring this up with with my my father at all, and I don't want him to know that I know or have to deal with me, you know, acknowledging on an emotional level. Uh, but yeah, it's. Intense. So, I think that kind of hit me the hardest is not only having to accept the fact that that that's a reality, but accepting that uh, in the in the very near future I'm going to have to be I don't know faced with with witnessing that kind of slow. Uh, deg- degradation or, or or whatever watching anyone go through that kind of thing is, is really hard but but it being my father and someone I, I very much care for and, and love and and everything very much and, ha- and having someone to, to depend on for uh, support emotionally and this and that it it's difficult to deal with um and it's hard for me to open up about on them emotionally 
on the on the podcast. But I I'd hope that people listening would understand that those are the reasons why I have been as di- as distant as I have been. I'm I'm not doing it for any other reason other than it, it's it's a lot to to bear um on emo- an emotional status so i'm i'm just kind of airing that out so people know this is what i'm going through this is what i'm dealing with and why i've taken a step back from f- focusing on on other on creative projects and things like that because this is a, a difficult uh, period in my life. Um, and it's hard for me to know what the right thing to do is other than cope as well as I can, not relapse and uh, try and be there for my family in as many ways as I can while... Um, trying to be there for myself. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird and different and uncomfortable. And so it's hard to put out a podcast with as much, you know, the same kind of energy or substance as it's had in the past with all this stuff bearing on my, on my mind. So any, but anyway, I, I just wanted to get that out and, uh, I, I think for everybody, it's been kind of a hard year, even though the holidays are coming up, but a lot of people aren't traveling or visiting families, you know, no one in my family is really coming down to visit. Um, so it's, it, it's hard to even feel like Christmas right now. Um, but with that, with that said, it's, it's, there's not much more I can say about it. Um, and I just wanted to get this one story out there. And in the future episodes, I think I'm going to try and get old record. I have a lot of old recordings I really desperately want to get out. And I think I can without too much editing or, or time. Uh, I want to get Patrick's episode out. And so I'll tell the story and uh, and we'll go from there. This story yeah, happened around the holidays. I was working at the college. I was working at a college as a certified pool operator. And, um, and you know, I was just getting off of a, a drug program. I think it was Prop 36. So I started smoking weed again at the time. And after a, a while of doing that, I, I made a, a trip to L.A. that turned awful Um, I did a lot of, you know, I got back into my old ways and I would make runs down to Los Angeles and pick up, uh, you know, large amounts of black tar and Coke and China white and, you know, drive it all the way back up here and do, and then run out and dry out, go detox myself and, you know, go as long as I can before I wanted to make another run to LA. And on this particular day or during this particular time, I had, uh, Jesus, I had, I'd made a run down and I picked up a bunch of Coke and, uh, 
and, and heroin. I think I had China white and black tar. I'm not too sure, but I'm working at this pool gig, but I'm like shooting up speed balls before work. And I would, I would go in at like six in the morning. So 5am I'm, you know, trying to register a vein and stuff. And I'm all gacked out on, on the speed balls. And so I'm stressed cause I'm running late for work. So <laughs> I fucking kick into high gear and I'm on the freeway, like, you know, doing, doing like 85 and, and it's like five thirty in the morning, you know, five, five fifty in the morning. And, um, it's the sun hasn't even gone up yet. Um, and one car tries to race me on the freeway. So I ended up getting pissed cause he's like trying to box me in cars and, and just be a dick. <laughs> so I, I get so fed up. I, I pass a car in the pullover lane and then I start speeding. I notice this car is speeding up, trying to catch up to me. And I, I'm pretty paranoid about this. And I'm just like, all right, why is this guy you know, speeding up, trying to fucking follow me? So then I, I'm going even faster because of it. I drive all the way to work. And this car ends up following me all the way to my work. Um, turns out to be a campus cop. And uh, this campus cop is like in pulling me aside, questioning me, interrogating me about driving fast and it's totally unsafe and this and that. So he tells my supervisor who gets there a little bit later and tells me I'm driving like a fucking madman on the freeway and I'm paranoid because I'm high as fuck. I have, you know, I have a couple shots on me for, to get through the day and this guy is like, you know, and I have all my drugs on me. So, you know, obviously I'm paranoid. Um, and my, my boss calls me in and questions me and I'm telling him I'm having, you know, I'm making up whatever I can. I think I said I had a, a, I'm having adverse reaction to the antidepressants I'm on, or I make some sob story. Like I'm taking well and, and it's, uh, affecting me differently. So they let me, they say I should go home for the day and, oh, but they don't want me to drive my car. So they tell me I have to get home without my car and go home and take the day off. Um, which is like, you know, it's five in the, it's like, by this time it's like six, six thirty in the morning and the sun has gone up. But I have to basically get home uh, without a car, which is like pretty far away. And so, in my in my stupor, I'm I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do? I can't. I don't really feel comfortable calling my parents and telling them what happened. So I start just walking. <laughs> I start walking this back road, uh, a, a back road into the city of San Luis, and. Uh, this back road is fucking long. You know, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's fucking crazy. So, um, I'm walking and, you know, there's nothing around me, but like, it's his back road. There's nothing on it. It's like, 
it's all like nature bound and nothing around for miles. So I come up on this, this, uh, I guess it's a long driveway, but there under, there's like, it's almost like a, almost like a bridge. There's like this big pipe underneath the road. If I walk a little ways off the road. And so I get my, my bride here. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, crawl under it. And, sh- and cook up another shot. You know, I, I've walked a few, a couple miles. I've walked at least three miles. I'm like, fuck. And so I'm under this, this giant, like, cement pipe under the road. And I'm just cooking up <laughs> like a fucking crazy person. So then I do a shot. Um, I'm fucking high as a kite. And I, I keep walking, keep walking. I'm walking for just... Oh my God, it kept felt like I was walking forever. And then, um, I come up on, on a gas station finally (laughs) and I wanted a Red Bull. So I go in and I shoplift a Red Bull. I steal a Red Bull from this place and I walk away. I, I, and I do it smooth. I'm like, I don't know how, honestly, I was so fucked up. I don't know how I was so smooth and. In shoplifting, I, I it was like the biggest Red Bull size you can get, and so now I'm walking down the street chugging this Red Bull, thinking this is somehow going to help my situation. I go into and just make all these stops, like I stop in Whole Foods, go in the bathroom, do another shot, you know. Um, and I'm walking down this road, and I make these little stops here and there to find a bathroom and and do another shot. So. I get to the end of this road is Los Osos Valley road. And, um, at the end of this road, there is like, a, it looked like it was like a hiking trail or something, but then there's, you can go off to the side and there was this little, I don't know, it's like a gulch, not a gulch. I don't know what they call it, but it's like a dried up riverbed. And, uh, if you cut through it, you, you, you get on the other side of it. There's this, um, it's like an RV park. And if you cut through, you can, it's a shortcut to get to this other road. So I cut through it. Um, uh, without knowing there's like a, uh, there's like a underground, like bum village in this, uh, this little spot that's right on the side of the freeway. And so when I'm, when I'm walking through it, you know, I, I come across like a transient, as you could say, and who's has a uh, you know a little bicycle and he's kind of following. He's like, "How do you get out of here?" And he's just like a drifter. And I'm trying to tell him, oh, "This is my first time here. I don't know how to get out of here." So he kind of follows me to to see, find a way out. And I'm, I'm high as a kite, so this is kind of strange to me. And yeah, I just keep walking and I, I make it to this side. I'm I'm now I'm walking through this RV park trying to find a a way out to get to the other side of the road. I was just, I didn't even, I didn't even have a clear destination of where I should, where I should be walking to. I just knew I was like, I can't drive. Now I'm walking. So now I go down this, this like tank farm road and I make it to this, this broad street area. Before I make it to broad street, I think I I went to like a foods for less going to a bathroom and I shoot up another shot. I don't know. I was so stupid. And then I, I start walking up tank farm road, which is by the 
kind of by um, this like the local airport. I'm just I'm I'm in the I'm walking these back roads that people shouldn't be walking on. You know, cars are going like 55 past me, and I'm just like all distraught, stuck in my head, just like oh my god, what just happened? I finally make it to this gas station on the corner of like Tank Farm and and Broad. I go in the bathroom. I do another issue. God, and I think I finally just call someone for a ride because I'm I've been walking for so long. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like, like over it at this point. And um, and I finally get a ride. I get a ride home, and I'm just like. Oh God, it was such a mess. I fucking, I, oh my God, I fucking, I get home and then, you know, I need to get a ride to my car the next day. I think I take the day after off and, uh, you know, I get a ride to my car and, and it was just a pain just trying to hide stuff from my work. Oh my God, there's so many times I got, not so many times, but there's a couple times I got arrested and had to like cover it up and call in and say, and say, oh, I have a strep throat. I need the week off. Uh, and then having to like ha- spend a week in jail, get, go to get sent to court. Oh my God. Getting sent to court while you're in custody is the worst. Let me tell you. And then having to like, you know, I think, yeah. And it, during that situation, I got arrested while on the job, not while on the job, but while having a job. And I like to step you know, stand up and present yourself to the judge and to be in shackles. And my parents were there and they had to see me all shackled up. That was just a fucking nightmare. Like, holy shit. What, what a fucking time. And if I didn't, uh, wasn't able to keep that job. So many things happened. I, I, I went to LA at one time and was partying with my ex-girlfriend and her new, uh, partner and then overdosed and, crashed my car and fuck. Uh, eventually I, it was a temp job and I had, I'd applied for the permanent position, got it. And then once they did a background check, they saw all this shit. Like I had a, you know, it was like a, a drunk, basically a, a drunk driving, but for, I had cocaine and syringes on me. And I tell that story and fuck, dude, I did all that shit while having a, a sweet ass job. And of course, they didn't want me, they didn't want me to keep that job after they found out how, how much of a fucking heathen I was. Like, holy shit! Jesus, you guys, <laughs> have you ever been trying to edit a podcast and then an ex girlfriend hits you up on on fucking Snapchat? Jesus, fuck, dude. It's like the time in my life I feel the least sexy. <laughs> and ex-girlfriend sends ugh I don't why am I even getting into this? This what the fuck is my life? Anyway, I'm uh, I'm sorry for this episode being, I don't know, different or weird or a downer. It's like I know it's Christmas and I I want you to all be in a more chipper mood than me and and this or that but I just had to get that out it's it's kind of a bummer ass December for for me and uh I just had to get shit off my chest anyway I hope you guys are all doing good
Um, and I hope to get as I hope to get more episodes up to you guys. And I I'm gonna do my best in the next few days to get back to everyone who's messaged me and get out of this stupid fucking funk I'm in. Um, but, but with that said, I'm 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 bidding you all adieu for the time being. Uh, I love you. Have a merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah. I hope your holidays are are as 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 good as possible. And with that, you know, I'm out. I love you guys. I love you all. And with that, uh, peace, love, and all the above. Whether people think they're alone, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're amongst a thousand people, you are still alone because your lies are not known by these other people. Your sins are not known by these other people. Until you confess your sins until amongst another man or upon your God or even the devil or even what you believe in, nobody will completely know you. So no one will ever know if you're being honest. No one will ever know what you want them to know. No one will ever know what you want them to know how you feel, you know? Right. So my thing is like, I've sinned so much. I've done so much. I know what others don't know about me or about this world at that, and it's it's being alone. So you I, feel alone because you don't have anybody who truly understands everything that you've been through? To some degree. Yeah. It's, some things are unexplainable, you know? Some uh -huh. things I, I can't sit here and talk about because people would think I'm weird or people would think like, that I'm crazy, you feel me?